We are in week three of a series entitled, This is the Gospel. And um, I want to remind you again that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the announcement that God came to earth, lived a sinless life, died for our sins, rose from the grave, and offers us the free gift of salvation. Our response to the gospel is believing that what Jesus did for us is enough. Say amen, everybody. Trusting him to save us from our sins and joyfully giving Jesus our lives and surrender to his lordship. So we talked a little bit about this last week. The book of Colossians is chapter one and two, which is what Jesus has done for us and who Jesus is and who Jesus is for us. And now we go to chapters three and four and we begin to discover our response to that gospel. And so now we're in chapter three, verse one, therefore you have been raised with Christ to new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead. Keep seeking things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on earth, which only have temporal value. For you died to this world and you're New, real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's what we're going to do today as people are baptized. We're dying to the world. We're dying to our old life. We're being raised into new life with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, and how many know Jesus is coming again? Say amen, everybody. Then, then you will appear with him in glory. So put to death and deprive of, of power the evil longings of your earthly body. The, the deprive it of its power. Notice that. Earthly body, when it's sensual, self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. You may have missed it. We'll see it in a second. But Paul calls us to seek, to set, so. And I want to preach from that idea. Seek set so seek set so help us Lord in Jesus name amen amen so we have been talking the last two weeks about the amazing grace of God amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was blind I once was lost I once was dead in my sin I was lost but now I'm found I'm I was blind, but now I see. What a beautiful declaration of the grace of God. But now the question is, so what's next? <laughs> All right, I'm saved. Now what? All right, I'm, I'm loved by God. Now what? I, we, we read from Colossians 1.22. I'm, I'm now blameless as I stand before God, washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm, I'm holy before God. I'm without a single fault. Now what? Because, because my spirit has been saved, but my, my body now needs to be saved and my soul needs to be saved. See, at, at salvation, I've been justified, just as if I've never sinned. I've been fully, uh, fully paid for, purchased. The bill and the debt of sin has been paid. I've been I've been justified, but, but now I have to mature and be sanctified. 
Now, sanctified is an interesting little Bible word. You yeah. usually only hear it, you know, when uh, Pentecostal preachers say, I've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And we all say amen, and we have no idea what he meant. Well, sanctification is the process and actions of being freed from sin. Jabin, I, I know I love God, and I know God loves me, but I ain't free. Yeah, well, you need to be sanctified. And being sanctified is a process. This is why I'm, I'm so leery of these preachers online that are preaching deliverance. Um, because sanctification is not deliverance. But what they'll tell you is your, your problems are a demon. Let me pray for you and give me an offering. And... Uh, that's not, that's, not, that's not Bible freedom. Bible freedom is sanctification. And sanctification is a process. And it's actions. So there's actions I have to take and a process I have to commit to to be freed from sin. It, it goes on to mean this. To be sanctified is to cleanse internally and externally. So, so sanctification is cleansing my soul on the inside and my flesh on the outside. So it is, it is as practical as reading my Bible. It is as practical as joining a small group. It is practical. It is as practical as seeing a beautiful woman um, in front of you and you just kind of pick your eyes up and go, well, praise God for creation, but I'm not going <laughs> to... It's as, it's as practical as unfollowing someone that you probably shouldn't be following. It's, it, it's, it's practical. Pray for me, Pastor. Yeah, okay, we will. But there's a process if you ever want to be free. There's a process you have to commit to. And, and Paul is going to give us three words to jump into this process. Here's the first. Seek. Seek. Keep seeking the things that are above. Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is. So this is direction, not perfection, but it is direction. It is attention. It is pursuit that my direction and attention are going to determine my destiny. Destiny is just a fancy word for destination. Your destiny is your God destination. Uh, so we're, we're going to California this afternoon as a family, and we're, we're going we're gonna to go in a certain direction. And we're not going to get on, um, we're not going to get on I-40 and go east and get to California. Because if we go hop on the 40 down near Kingman and start going east, we ain't going to California. And it doesn't matter how much I want to go to California. I'm going to be in Arizona pretty quickly. Or by then I'm already in Arizona. I'm going to be in New Mexico pretty quickly. And then I'm going to be in Texas. Then I'm going to be in Oklahoma. And then on and on. And, and it doesn't matter how much I pray. It doesn't matter how much I fast. It doesn't matter how much I speak in tongues. It doesn't matter how many preachers I pull up on YouTube. It doesn't matter how many demons I rebuke. I, I ain't ending up in California because it is my seeking that determines my destination. All right, now, 
I want to say something. Sometimes I say things that I think are like, they're so important to me. And so I'm not asking for an amen, but I am asking for like, please hear me when I say this. In any area of your life, you will find what you seek. The, the reason you're so mad at your wife, sir, is because you have honed in on that one thing about her. And it, it's now all you can see about her. And that's why you're mad and quiet and frustrated and because you've just you because you're gonna find what you seek. Vegas is really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Vegas is really hard. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that will be your life. Not, wow, Vegas is so sunny. Man, I just love the sunshine. It's just, oh, it's a little hot. Yeah, it's hot, but it's a dry heat. Isn't that funny? <laughs> say what you got to say, because you're going to get what you seek. This economy, this economy, this economy, this economy. Eggs are so much. My eggs are so much. Okay, I get it. I get, I'm not being... I'm not being unkind about where we're at, but I'm just saying, like, if that's all you're, if all you're talking about is eggs, you're just going to get expensive eggs. All I'm asking, all I'm saying, I'm just, like, you're going to find what you seek. And I, I, I kind of, like, accidentally had an affair. You didn't accidentally have an affair. You were seeking And that could be ma'am or sir. That could be. Because you're going to find what you seek. I don't know how to say this. You're, let me say it like this. Your spiritual condition right now, wherever you're at spiritually right now, you've sought it. You've sought it. If you're hooked on porn, it's because you're seeking it. And you haven't gotten ruthless about it yet. You're like, I thought we were talking about grace, Pastor. <laughs> I thought, what happened the last two weeks? Those were good. I don't like this. No, because now that I'm holy and blameless and without fault, now that I'm loved by God, I'm going to seek God. So I know God's not mad at me, and I know God loves me, and I'm going to seek him. But I, but I have to get honest about the fact that I've sought where I am. That I am where I am because I've sought it. See, the, the Bible is a book of decisions, not destiny. The Bible is a book of possibilities, not mysteries. So what has your attention? Because whatever has your attention has your future. Let me say that one more time. Whatever has your attention has your future. So I have to be so careful about what I seek. Because whatever I seek will own me. This is why Paul called himself a servant of Christ or even a bond servant, a slave to Christ. Because he sought him, he, he was now owned by him. He said, I've been bought with a price. I'm no longer my own. To, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul was, Paul was the product of his pursuit. And you are the product of your pursuit. This is not bad news. I'm not beating you up because I don't know your spiritual condition, so relax. 
I'm, I'm just telling you, if there's an area of your soul that you're frustrated about, it's direction. And there must be a change of direction. You know, that's actually the, the Bible word for repentance is just to turn. So see, so if we got, if we got in the car today and we get hop on that I-40 and we start rolling and before we know it, uh, we're, we're in Amarillo, Texas. I'm going to have to, if I want to get to California, I'm going to have to repent. I'm not going to call a priest or a pastor. I'm not going to boo-hoo. It's not coming down my nose. I'm not going to find an altar at a church. I'm just going to. I'm going to get on the exit, I'm going to go over to Overpass, I'm going to go around, and I'm going to start the direction back towards California. That's all repentance is. It's, it's a choice. Uh, Jesus would say, seek and you will find. That's just a Bible principle, Matthew 7, 7. It's just a Bible principle, seek and you'll find. Find what? Whatever you're seeking. Whatever you're seeking. Whatever you're seeking, that's what you're going to find. So, so now he encourages us what to seek. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom. Because whatever you seek, you're going to find, so you better find the kingdom. Because if, if you miss the kingdom, you're, you're in trouble. David said it like this. We just sang it, Psalm 34.4. The, the, the we're always very careful about the songs we sing on Sunday to be tied to Scripture. So we literally sang a Bible verse in that bridge. I sought the Lord, and he answered. Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, and he answered, and he delivered me from all my fears. Never lose your seek. Because it can, be, it can become very easy for you to allow life to just come to you. David never lost his love for God. And this is why in Acts 13, 36, the Bible tells us that he, he fulfilled God's purpose in his generation. I, I want you to catch this. You can never separate your purpose from your pursuit. You'll never walk in purpose without a corresponding pursuit. I'm going to live this way, but I'm going to get this. That's insanity. So my pursuit and my purpose have to align. What are you pursuing right now that does not align with your purpose? Move it out of your life. Seek. I knew it was going to be a quiet sermon. I'm okay. You okay? Um, I, was, I was talking to a preacher last night, and we were walking through Colossians 3, and, and he literally said this about verses 1 through 5. He goes, he goes man, Colossians 3 is just it's boring. I said, it's not boring, but it's broccoli. It's not boring, but it's Brussels sprouts. It's not... It's not boring, but it sure ain't bacon. Amen, everybody. Y'all know what I'm saying is this is how we mature. And I, and I, I actually believe you're here because you want to mature. Like you woke up and got to church at 845 in the morning and walked into a high school. 
Something in me goes, they want this. Okay, so, so now that I'm seeking, number two, I have to set, set, set. Set your mind, Paul said. So I'm loved by God, I'm forgiven by God, I'm accepted by God, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. Now i got to change my thinking. Because I'll never grow past my mentality. And my thoughts determine my life and my mindset creates my reality. I am not thinking, I'm not saying we can speak things into existence or think things into existence. What I am saying is that my mentality matters because what, what happens is my life will follow my mentality. Are we okay with that? My, my life will follow my mentality. So Paul goes, okay, guys, you, you're, you're loved by God. You're accepted by God. Those are the first two chapters. Amen, 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 amen. It was all baked goods and sweets and sugar and candy and, and honey and yummy, 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 yummy. And now Paul goes, all right, now it's time to eat some salad. you got to set your mind now. Can you tell I'm hungry today? I don't know why I'm talking about food. None of that's in my notes. Luke 10, 17, love the Lord your God, how? Watch this, watch this, watch this. With all your mind, he said. Luke 10, 17, love God with all your mind. He did not say brain. He said mind. So let me say it like this. Love God with your inner life. Like, yes, yes, read the Bible. Yes, yes, read a Christian book. Yes. But, but knowledge is not loving God with your mind. Loving God with your mind is giving God your secrets. Because Paul said knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Which means I can have knowledge without love. Now, you, you can also have knowledge with love. But knowledge without love puffs up, which means you get bigger, people get smaller. And you, and you use the Bible as a weapon against people instead of a, a weapon against the enemy. You're mean. How, what are you getting at? You become mean. So that's not what we're after. We're after love. That means I have to love God with my mind. With my mind. He's commanding us to give God our thoughts, our deepest parts, the parts of us that no one can see but you and God. Because eventually that part of me, that, that secret part of me that's under the surface will eventually come up. So I have to set the direction of my Life, I must decide my course. I must set my own tempo. I set. I ask no one else's permission. I go to God and I follow the settings of Scripture and I set my life in accordance with the Word of God. And when that happens, everything around me has to, has to come into alignment or get out of the way of 
where I've set. I'm going to prove it to you because some of you don't believe me. James 3, 4 says this. And forgive me, we usually have all these on the screen. But the teams worked so hard yesterday with um, serve team conference, I didn't, I didn't overwhelm them with all this. So you just have to either believe me or bring a Bible. <laughs> James 3, 4, imagine. James 3, 4. Take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, that's, that's the external, they're steered by a very small rudder, that's internal, wherever the pilot wants to go. And, and you is the pilot. The winds are strong, the rudder's stronger. The rudder's not bigger, the rudder's stronger. The rudder's smarter. The, the rudder's more strategic. Ah, man, that's why the psalmist said, you've made me wiser than my enemies. You made me wiser than Goliath. He's bigger than me, but he's not smarter than me. Because he's coming at me with sword and spear, I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going I'm to keep away. Because I'm smaller, but I'm stronger. Because I have a strategy from the Holy Spirit. Feeling a little S thing right now, but I got to keep it moving. Here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my point. No one can set my course but me. I'm talking spiritually now. I'm not, I'm not talking about things that are out of your control in the sense of, of you know, you're, you're in a challenge right now. I'm saying for your soul, the winds are strong. The winds are blowing. The winds are intimidating. The winds are noisy. The winds are loud. But I'm going to set my course. I'm setting it. Because if I, if I just allow the wind to hit my sails and take me wherever, I am in trouble. James would go on to say, I'll be moved by every wind of doctrine. I believe this one week and this one week and this the next week and this the next week. And I'm up one week and I'm down the next week. And, I'm, and I've got full, I'm full of joy one week and I'm depressed the next week and... I love my family one week and I want to leave my family the next week and one week I love Vegas and the next week I want to move to Canada and the next week I want to move to Mexico and the next week I'm, I'm trying to get a passport to Italy and I'm just like, and, and it's like, how about we just set? I've set my course. Winds will blow, but I've set my course. Woo. Say Amen. I got four minutes. Here we go. So here's number four. So. So. Not so, S-O-W. I'm not talking about so and seed. I'm talking about so. So put to death. Verse five. So put to death. And deprive of power. Watch that. Deprive of power. Which means we, we give temptation. We decide the power of temptation. I can, I can give it power or I can deprive it of power. Yes, and uh, evil longings of your earthly body. Let me have the keys come up. i got to wrap this up. So I said this yesterday. I was in, um, uh, we were in serve team conference, and I prayed for all the singles in the room. I prayed for all the unmarrieds in the room. And as they lifted their hands, and they were ready for me to say, your, your Boaz is coming, hallelujah. Your Ruth is on the way, hallelujah. They were ready, right? They were like. I didn't say that. I, I looked at them and I said, your body is not your boss. Yeah. 
And they went, The anointing left the room. <laughs> well, what's, what's my point? My, you know, the, the atheists will, will conclude and will fight for this idea that there is no free will, that, you, that you, you have to give in to your instincts because there is no free will because we're just an animal. Now, now, with animals, there is no free will. At the end of the day, they're animals. You can try to have a pet lion all you want. Eventually, that thing, man, on the wrong day. You can have a pet tiger. You can have a pet whatever. But, at the, like, at the end of the day, it really doesn't have a free will. It's an animal. Right? Your, your cute little chihuahua, your cute little teacup poodle. You've seen that thing turn on you. <laughs> if that thing was 300 pounds, you're dead. Like... They're not cute. They're, they're, they're wolves. In the, there's a wolf in there. You, you know that, right? A cute little house cat that got you one day. If that thing was bigger, you're toast. Because they're animals. They don't have a free will. But we're not animals. You know that, right? Great, 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 grandpa wasn't a monkey. You know, I don't know if you know that. And his great, 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 grandpa wasn't a lizard. And his great, 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 wasn't, wasn't goo that came out of the earth. We don't believe that. We actually believe in the creation account. We believe that we've been created by God in the image of God. We are God's chief creation above all other creation. I only say, I only say that because that means that this body is very real and it's got longings. It's got power. But I decide it's power. Deprive, deprive, deprive. Here's what we know, that eventually you'll crave your own diet. You know that you crave your diet right now. It's just in the natural, you crave your diet. Here we go, talking about food again. You crave your diet. And whatever you eat consistently, you'll begin to crave. Because there really, there really are healthy people in this room that would not eat a Dorito. They wouldn't do it. There really are. There are healthy people. They would not eat American cheese. They would, they would not put it in their temple. And they're, and they're not being pious. They're, they're, their diet, like, I love salad. I love, it's like, we hate you. But it's real. It's awesome. It's, we celebrate you, honestly, because you, you've, you've, you now crave those good foods because it's your diet. You are what you eat. I can't feed on the world and expect to act like a Christian. I can't feed on the world system and then act in the kingdom system. So what are you saying? I don't, I'm actually not sure because I'm not going to put legalism on you. But I'll, I'll say this. If, if, if the TV's ever on and you get a check in your spirit, you ought to give into that real quick and go, eh, click. If there's ever a song bumping and you get a little, I'd click, I'd change. I'd. If, you're, if you're reading some kind of book or some kind of novel and you start, it starts messing with you, I'd just put it away. I would give, give in to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm not going to tell you what to watch or what to read or what to listen to. That's, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. What I, what I am saying, if the Holy Spirit comes knocking, I'd be super quick to go, yep, you got it. Paul tells us that we have to resist sexual sin, greed, and anger. These are the four areas that he says you're going to get in trouble with. Sexual sin, greed, and anger. Let me just very quickly say this. Every one of those is a counterfeit to what God has for you. As, as, as gratifying or good sexual sin feels, it cannot compare to sexual purity. It can't. It can't. This is, it, is, it has been proven over and over and over and over and over and over and over again that Christian couples have, who are in a, in a committed relationship have the best sex lives in America, which is the exact opposite of what anyone would show you in the media. So sexual sin is a counterfeit for purity. Greed is a counterfeit for generosity. And anger is a counterfeit for joy. And I'd even say this, anger is a counterfeit for peace. Because what you're really doing when you're angry is you're trying to control. You're, you're trying to bring into control because you're missing peace and joy. It's all anger. All anger is is power. They're, they're counterfeits for what God has for you. So for the, for the craziness of the sexual revolution that we have now lived in over the last 60 years, that is sadly at a crescendo right now in our nation and is just so sad. There is a, a purity. For the, for, the, for the greed and the love of money, there is a, there is a generosity. Where, where you can actually go, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And for the anger that is in our world, the anger, the anger. We were, we were driving home last night, and I told Chan, I go, I don't, I don't do road rage anymore. Like, I don't do, I don't honk. No, I'm serious, because the world is too angry. It was probably like three years ago. I honked at a guy, and he followed me <laughs> to a police station. Amen. I know, I'm smart. <laughs> I, I'm done with that. Uh-uh. You ain't getting a honk. You ain't getting a, You ain't getting nothing from me. You got to praise the Lord. I'm sorry. You cut me off. I'm sorry. I apologize. You want money? I'm done. This world is so angry. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have joy. Seek, set, so In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pray with me. Pray with me all over the room. Pray with me online. Pray with me at every correctional facility. Pray this prayer. If you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to receive forgiveness of sin, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again.
Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.